Going Greyhounds for your daily update of the latest news and tips. Welcome to another edition of Gre- uh, Going Greyhounds. My name's Jared Daffy and I'm flying solo today. Uh, my offsider, Cat Ernst, is, uh, has some family business to attend to, so you've got to put up with me. And let me tell you, uh, it's not all beer and Skittles in the Daffy household because uh, we've got internet issues, so uh, we'll see how we go. Obviously, we don't we don't realise how much we rely on the internet these days for information, but thankfully we've got some guests coming up on the show and uh, there's plenty to talk about. It's a big week in greyhound racing. Uh, we've obviously got the uh, the million dollar chase finals and heats continuing around the place. The Dapto Megastar Thursday night, Hillsville Cup on Sunday. So there's something on each and every day. And uh, on today's show, we're going to catch up with Jason Sharp. Actually, we'll catch up with Jason first. Cab off the rank. Jason's got a fire in the Dapto Megastar final on. Thursday night. We might have a listen to his run when he ran second to remember this last Thursday night. And they're racing now. Screaming Jet slow to begin. Remember this fast out. And we'll carve over and lead to the first corner from a fire who's up there to second. Into third placing Oscar Boaz and fourth Scorching Boy working off the track. Screaming Jet and had a bump with Scorching Boy. Cumbria Days getting up on the inside from Elier. And well back is Matter of Fact off the back straight. It's Remember This who leads at a length and a half on a fire. Cumbria Days is running on around the home turn. Still Remember This going strongly at the front end. Remember This all the way beats a fire. Third Cumbria Days and fourth Elier from Scorching Boy Oscar Boaz then Screaming Jet and Matter of Fact. Well that was the Victorian and several Victorians have made their way into the final. A fire running second to remember this in the heat last Thursday night. The winner running 29.66. He's been everywhere in the media this week and we're fortunate enough to have him this morning the trainer of a fire, Jason Sharp. Good morning Jason. Good morning Jared. How are you? Look I'm good. Um, It <laughs> He's racing really well, this guy. He's got the visitor's box in the final box four, which we'll get to in a second, but he, he's gone to a new level. I watched the interview on uh, the morning line on Monday morning and you explained the story of how you've uh, come about getting him, but he seems to have proved a lot since he's uh, come into the kennel. Definitely, he has pro- improved a lot. So, yeah, he's gone to a different level, hasn't he? And maybe just briefly explain to the listeners who didn't catch that show how you came about tra- uh, being the trainer of the fire. Oh, um, one of my owners, Ed Burrow, he bought the dog maybe about three or four months ago and um, we just picked him up from Sandown and then uh, put a bit of work into him and free galloped him for a while and, and just trolled him at a few different tracks. And um, he, he, he looked like he'd improved, but... We just didn't know he improved that much. He, he, he's a real, real race dog. He doesn't really show everything on the on the trial track, but when he he's a serious race dog, he wants to race. So, yep. And Ed Barrett, is he a South Australian? He is. He, Ed actually uh, recently worked for us for a, probably about a two year period, and he's he's right. he's looked after our property a couple of times when we've gone overseas with the kids. So um, he's a He's a great owner, and um, he's always there supporting us. So it's, it's, he does a really good job, and he he trains a couple of dogs over in South Australia. And yeah. uh, I think he, he more like gets them ready for me, and then he sends them over. So I, I have to just uh, do a little bit of work with them, and then they're ready to go. So now, for yeah. those who are unaware, that the Jason Sharp story you've sort of you've been around greyhounds for as long as I can remember, but you really exploded. 
maybe nine or ten years ago with, with the kennel increasing. How many do you have in work now? Oh, we've got uh, we've got a few kennels, um, over 100, but um, we don't have many race dogs. We've got a lot of young ones coming through and um, obviously the same problem everywhere. There's a few gap dogs waiting to go into gap and to get rehomed, but um, we've only got a, roughly around 30 race dogs at the moment, So, but we've got a lot of young ones coming through. Just on that gap issue, I see and hear a lot about it. Um, how difficult is is it now to get a retired greyhound into Gap? Well, down in Victoria, we're, we're probably it's it's sort of six to eight months. So, wow. um, yeah, and and we we've rehomed a lot privately, but we just don't seem to be able to to move them at the moment. I don't know. Um, during that COVID period, a lot of people wanted them, but. Um, I think we might have, um, yeah, used up everyone that sort of was in that sort of area. So um, it's just so hard to get rid of, not get rid of them. Not, I yeah, just, I know what you, you mean, know, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm move them on to their next phase of their life. And, and you'd rather them not be in the kennels. You'd rather them to start their new life because, you know, it's just better off for them. Well, I guess the difficulty, Jason, is that, you know, you buy a greyhound, whether it be a, a single owner or a syndicate, and, I don't know, the lifespan of a racing greyhound, perhaps two years, maybe may may shorter if, if they're not up to it, or, or a bit longer if they are, and then they, they go around in the Masters uh, races, etc. But you've got, say, two, two-and-a-half-year span, but once a greyhound's retired, you're looking at eight or nine years, and there's just only X amount of greyhounds that can go out in the community for that period of time. There's, there's no, yeah, there's, the numbers there are not there to look for what's being retired. No, no. It's, it's lucky now I think um, a few dogs are going to America because um, all their, they've stopped racing in America, but there's a, a lot of uh, demand for them in America. So um, we're lucky in that sense. Um, so we are re- rehoming a few through America, which is really good. Yeah, that uh, that can only be good news. Now, Thursday yeah. night, uh, he's by Bernardo with fire, and uh, well, speaking of being on fire, Bernardo's are winning everywhere. He's not yet two and a half years of age, so his future is ahead of him. Twenty nine starts now for nine wins and eleven placings. Now he recently won the Speed Star at Sand, and he ran 29.24, and that came on the back of a win there a couple of weeks prior in 29.24. Has he always displayed that type of speed since you picked him up? Yeah, really. Yeah, he did. Uh, first start with us, he, he raced on a Wednesday. The Meadows went 29.85, and we we were a little bit surprised with the time, but he, he raced a couple of good dogs, and he sort of went past them like they were standing still, which was very surprising. So... Um, yeah, he's he's he hasn't been blessed with a lot of good box draws since we've had him, um, but uh, yeah, he he's going pretty good. So yeah. In his heat last week, he had the pink box, and, and we all know how difficult it is to win Adapto from that outside draw. But he began okay, but he lost his compass on the first turn, as you would expect with a dog that well hadn't raced there before, uh, and he sort of knuckled down in the run home, and he was coming quick to be beaten, what, three-quarters of a length in 29.66. He would have derived a lot of benefit from that run. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I said to the owner and, and Jess, my wife. Um, we thought that he, he had the most improvement or the upside 
out of everyone in that race so and in the final. So um, we just wanted to qualify, and obviously we will be happy if we run one, two, or three and, and qualify for the semis for the million dollar chase. Yeah, that's, that's where. That's, yeah, that's pretty important, isn't it? Just before we get to yeah. the, the market to win the race this week, if unfortunately doesn't finish first three, um, have you got Plan B in regards to the million dollar chase? Yeah, I'll probably just go through the heats at Wentworth Park, but I'll have to okay. take them up there and have a couple of runs, maybe, or see what happens if if hopefully qualifies this week and we've got the the leisure we've got a little bit of time up his sleeve to get him up there and and having a good look so yeah, uh, yeah. well hopefully uh, he runs first three and and you don't have to worry about that so that market for the final end of the box draw um, Birdo for Jason Thompson, $3, Mortified, $3. So they're the equal favourites. Quantifiable, $9. Afire, six fifty. Stealth, seven fifty for Jason Thompson. Remember this at 8 Bailey Bear at $5 and Return Mac at 34 The The thing, the obvious thing for me, Jason, is the amount of pace in this race. I mean, Umberto's a quick dog in his own right, as, a, as is Stealth. But those New South Wales performers, they've got speed to burn around there. And, of course, Mortified... Um, returning from that spell last week and has been able to run quick times, twenty sub-29.40 at Wentworth Park. There's a lot of speed. How do you see the race being run? Um, I, I just thought the speed would come from the inside. I don't know. Um, the outsiders didn't really think they would cross over. I don't know why, but no. I just that's the way I sort of penned it. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think he can, he can lead in that race up. I really do. So okay. I think, yeah, I think he'd be pretty hard to beat for the final. So I know it sounds pretty confident, but uh, yeah, I think he's right up up in it. I can't believe he's six dollars fifty. So okay, well, well, there was a, several of them ran low five thirties, which is zipping along. Just on paper, it looks like there's going to be three or four, maybe five, arrive at the first turn. Uh, in a line, and who knows what happens after that. But I, I guess the beauty of a fire, and we did see that last week, is he doesn't necessarily have to lead. You said he can lead, and obviously he can on what we've seen in, on his Victorian splits, but you know, he might well park behind them. Yeah. I, I don't know if he's a really good dog from behind. I don't know. He just doesn't... I don't, I don't think he's that experienced in a, in a sense to, to go underneath or go around dogs. So, okay. um, yeah. I just, he hasn't just worked that out yet. I, I don't think he's far away, but I just don't think I would really. I'd be really confident if he led. Um, not not as confident if he's coming from behind, but you never know. Have you won a Group One before? No, this is uh, be our first Group One. We've been in several Group Ones before, mm. but they are very hard to win. So. Yeah, they are. You've got to well, you've got to have the right dog, and you've got to have a little bit of luck. And uh, all credit to you for going up over the border to try and win. And as you said, you know, there's a little carrot there as well if you can finish top three and, and um, go on with the million dollar chase. Yeah, that's it. And what that's else good. have you got in the kennel that's going well at the moment? Um, we've got Morton. He's had, he's had a couple of starts. Um, he's, he's got big wraps yeah. on him, Morton. Oh yeah, he's going to be a very good dog. He, could be the best dog we've ever had. So, um, yeah, it could be anything this dog. He's only very young, so um, we just put, parked him for a couple of weeks and um, he'll be back racing soon. So, What's his breed? Um, he's Tommy Shelby. Oh, of course, yeah, Tommy Shelby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so um, 
Yeah, all credit to you for making that race on Thursday night. Uh, as you explained, you've got a lot of greyhounds there, and, and I know uh, keeping a close eye on those Victorian trainers going up through the ranks, the Jay Sharp Kennel is certainly one that's been catapulted to the forefront over the last few years. Very good that uh, you've got some owners like uh, the Ed Barretts of the world who can identify one and, and ship it over to you. I know, uh, I think Ed's bought a few himself and trained them uh, in, in Adelaide, so he must have had a lot of confidence in this dog that he'd make it at the top level. Yeah, he did. He, I don't know. I, I looked at his form. I didn't... It, he didn't look what he is now, so he's, he's really picked out a a gem. I don't know how he's done it. Well, he's got obviously got plenty of time on his hands. I think he's a pretty <laughs> thorough form student, so it's paying its way at the moment. He's been a terrific dog since uh, since he's been acquired by um, Ed Burrett and yourself, Jason. So all the very best on Thursday night. As I said, uh, if you can't win it, hopefully you can run top three. That eases the stress going forward, but I'm quite sure even if he uh, was to miss a place there, uh, we'll see him at some stage during the Million Dollar Chase campaign. Thanks for your time this morning. I know you're a busy man. Uh, good luck for the week, and most importantly, good luck for Thursday night. Thanks, mate. Have a great day. There he is, Jason Sharp. Uh, yeah, I can remember Jason as a youngster uh, around the Geelong and Ballarat tracks, and it's uh, always incredible to see them climb the ranks. A big kennel now and a, and a very, very success, successful kennel now. Wish him all the best on Thursday night with a fight. We'll take a short break, and after that break, we're going to catch up with another Victorian, Dave Gill. On Sky Sports Radio, let's get back to going greyhounds. Set for the regional final, racing... Enzo Herrera away well. Zipping Remus has come out with Firehose. It's Firehose, Zipping Remus and Enzo Herrera. They were followed next up, Time Chariot. They were followed then by Tor Commander. It found bother with uh, Shora's Oak and dropping out of it was Bluegrass. Firehose out wide, hit the front. Time Chariot trying to go with it. It's Firehose. It's another win for the Victorians and Firehose wins the regional final here at Goldman. Firehose from Bluegrass and a tour commander or time yes, another win for the Victorians. That was Goulburn last Friday where we had the Million Dollar Chase regional final there. Firehose, box six, uh, led all of the way, 24-67. And we're fortunate enough to be joined by his trainer, Dave Gill. Good morning, Dave. Yeah, good morning, Jared. How are you? I'm really good. Uh, he's He's been one that's been flying under the radar, Firehose. He's built up an imposing record, maybe because we don't see him in town very often. He's uh, got some super wins on the country tracks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, originally um, uh, Chris Tilly, who uh, owned and trained him, he's, uh, he's a very he's a live wire of a dog and he's full of beans and he's right out there at you. And he... Um, it was a bit of a handful for him, and he'd only had him on the one Benny track, on the horseshoe tracks, and he uh, thought that he, at some point later on that he'd go on the two bends. So we just went along and kept racing him on the one bends, and then he started to get a bit stronger, and then he put in a beauty at Goulburn in the Southern Stars uh, heat behind yeah. uh, Zipping Remus and Big Daddy. And uh, then we thought, gee, he's gone up a level, so we'll, we'll try him in the city, and he went real good first go at Sandown. Yeah, he did. Uh, but just looking back through his record, um, some of these wins on the country tracks, 25-62 at Geelong, but he ran 27-85 at Bendigo two or three runs ago. Uh, that Well, we already knew he had ability, but, geez, uh, a good dog when he's in front. Yeah, that's right, Jared. That, that was a very fast win at Bendigo. Then he went to the final. Meadows and ran a nice race. Um, 
jostled in the whole way on bumping one of the dogs that um, just bumped him all the way around. They One wanted to rail him and Firehose wanted to hold the fence. So that we thought that was a good run. And um, so we said, oh, well, he, he knows Goldburn well. And uh, we wanted uh, something to run in the um, million just to be part of it. So we gave him a go at Goldburn. He went super the other last week. Do you think he's better suited out wide or inside? Um, yeah, I think on the one bend tracks, seven and eight. Yeah, right. He's better out wide, but I think at Wentworth Park in the semi-finals, I'd rather him uh, draw one, two, three because he's just he's smart dog, very experienced dog, and um, and he's always on the front three. Nearly every race he's up in the front three, no matter what the colour of the dogs are. Mm. So we'd love to have one, two or three at Wentworth Park. Now, you would have had uh, prime viewing behind the boxes. It was a bit difficult to tell on the side, but Firehose and Zipping Remus uh, looked to be having a bumping battle heading to the first turn at Goulburn, and unfortunately Zipping Remus fell. Uh, thankfully, he's OK. Um, we saw him pick yeah. himself up and, and win last night at Maitland, but it looked rough. Yeah, it was, um, because Firehose did get out nice, like he does, in Zipping Remus got out nice too, and of course he's a freakish dog, Zipping Remus. And, uh, but I will say, when Firehose gets gets a little in front, um, I was just pleased that he could hold Zipping Remus. I suppose Zipping Remus would whip around and, and lead any, any field once he's there, mm. but... Uh, Firehose, to his credit, he sort of um, would not give up. And he kept pushing, and then they were crowding, and then it brought the red into it a bit, and they all bumped and jostled. And now Blake did get bumped as well. Uh, it's hard to see it, but when you slow-mo and right. replay, he sort of did get bumped a little bit off balance. And it cost him as well. I think he got going. such a good chase of that. Yeah, we were very impressed with it, Jared. Yeah, it was a really good run. Now, what's the plan going forward? Um, Where where do you race him and and how often do you race him? Yeah, good question. You know, when you're in a semi-final of a million-dollar race, you know, you you can do this two ways. You you can just hide them and then trial them each week, week after week after, and trial them. Or what, what we do and what we will do is we normally will race them, then back off as a closer. He'll trial at Wentworth Park. That's the priority. He'll either trial or race at Wentworth Park. That's a given. Right. Uh, but we'll race him probably Sandown on Sunday. They've got a nice heat and final for Victorian bread. Okay. Um, so we'll race him because that's what we do. We just find that, you know, every time you go in big races, if, if you keep trialling and trialling in between all the time, it actually teaches them a bad habit, and that's it does teach them to to become trial dogs, yeah, and, and not you know they catch the lure and, and all that sort of thing in trials and and on their own. And we've over the last ten years we've sort of you know, we stick by it. Sometimes it can come unstuck a, a little bit, and other time, you know, most of the time it's pretty good because even in trials on your own things can go wrong. We found that, so we'll race him. He'll have two races, and that's it. Well, 
there's a lot more to this than luck and, and guessing what you're going to do. And whatever you're going to do, Dave, yourself and Rose, I think we're more than happy to, to support you there. And the records are there. If I can just turn the clock back and talk about some of these wonderful greyhounds that you've raced down through the years. Uphill Jill, we all know. Uh, Ferdinand Boy, um, a dog. That, did he ever race in the city? Yeah, once. He, he fell. He fell. He, he uncustomary missed it. He um, missed the start. And, of course, he got no fear. So he just charged through. He tried 29.53 publicly. Right. So we gather he would have been about a 29.4 dog on a normal, you know, given race night, 29.35. Uh, but it did knock him about. It does knock him about. Dogs like him burst, you know, those burst sprinters, one-bend dogs. Mm. And he would have won his races in Melbourne, but he wouldn't have won four cups. Uh, no, he's a wonderful greyhound. And I have a look back this morning. 106 starts, 52 wins, and he still won over 500,000 in stake money, um, racing either up the straight at Hillsville or on the horseshoe, horseshoe tracks. Yeah, that's right, Jerry. It's actually 580, I think it is. Um, when they 580, count. wow. It was, yeah, it was 580 because he, he got a $50,000 bonus at Hillsville when he won his that's right. third yeah. cup in the year. And a lot of bonuses, breeders' bonuses that you, you win don't seem to get picked up on their prize money. So he won, yeah, 580-something. And, uh, yeah, he was he was a freakish dog, um, certainly on the one bend. just freakish. Uh, we'll never get one to win four cups. I'll be glad if we can win another country cup at some point. <laughs> yeah, they're hard to win. With another dog. If we can win one, I'll be happy. But we'll never do four. Uh, no. Just absolute uh, super dog, good chaser. And very, yeah, of course. very fast. Kablins, who was out of uphill, Jill, I mean, uh, one of the most consistent and brilliant beginners we've ever seen. How's he going at stud? Yeah, good. Jared, he's um, got a, something like 60, just over 60 litres, uh, around okay. 6.2 per litre. Over, there's about 360 pups in puppies on the ground around Australia. Um, we've just actually got the first two, the oldest two, um, we got them yesterday. We picked them up. They're a real crack South Australian bitch. And um, so we're going to start breaking them in. Or two of those. And yeah, there's three litters actually. We start to break in now till the end of September, uh, the right. oldest. Uh, but yeah, we're just hoping he's with his uh, sire, you know, Fernando Bale and his mother, Uphill Jill, and himself. It's all, you know, it's all actually, there. He was, actually, he was a better. A little bit better than uphill Jill and, and also a little bit quicker early to the first marker, the first splits. Um, you know, for example, he would break 5.30 at Wentworth Park for all the Sydney guys that know those splits at Wedding. Um, he'd break 5.30, uh, no problems at all. Yeah. Uh, but um, unfortunately, when we were getting him ready for the Easter egg and the million-dollar race at that time, and there was one in May, I think it was May or June, but... And, um, we, you know, he got injured and um, that was the end of him. And so that was real unfortunate because he was the dog that we just felt a real million dollar, uh, that broke's million um, a chance, you know, real top chance. Mm. Um, but uh, not to be. So we're now we're hoping that Stud is going to throw that uh, real quick early in, into the pub. He was a strong dog. And there's no... No worries about that. Very yeah, that early brilliance. Um, but at the same time, his first splits were just, uh, you know, well, we haven't seen anything since really can run consistently in Melbourne, Sandown Meadows and 
you know, he raced at Geelong, Warren, he raced everywhere as well. But yeah, um, we're just hoping with his mum and dad and uh, Brett Lee. He's also got Brett Lee, in so we're hoping that he's going to throw some, you know, a high percentage of serious early dogs. You would think so. And, of course, you won the Australian Cup this year with Fernando Mick, who I saw a few ads for him at start a couple of weeks ago. I'm not sure how he's going there, but he was a wonderful greyhound as well. 107 starts, 35 wins, 39 placings. Yeah, yeah, was it? That, that's right, yeah. Just, look, we're missing, we're missing. That, that, Fernando Mick, he, he raced in that many group ones and twos. I don't know how many total now, but uh, he, he was one of those rare dogs that... Um, you know, he was a bullet, but he was a rare dog that it didn't matter where you drew. You know, all us trainers, we all love the, you know, you don't mind the outside on the horseshoe tracks. Yeah. Uh, but you don't want the outside at Wentworth Park or, you know, Angle Park, Sandown Meadows. You'd rather draw the fence. But it wasn't to be with him. It didn't matter. Uh, I think he drew bad in the Australian Cup heat. Uh, six or seven. Seven might have been. And he won that. Uh, easily, and then he drew bad in the Melbourne Cup, box six. Uh, sorry, he drew box six in the Australian Cup final, and he made light work of it, you know. And so it's very hard to get dogs like that. And then you put him on the inside, he just would lead off the red. Um, a Melbourne Cup heat, a Melbourne Cup heat, he led off the red. And he was just, and then he had the inside at Hobart, you know, on the Hobart thousand. Yeah, he had the inside there, and so. What I'm saying, Jerry, a rare dog. He could have one to eight, and it didn't matter what the field was, what the box was. He was just a ripping dog. And we miss him now because he was – I don't know if I'll get a dog like that ever again. Uh, we're yeah, not he's, relying uh... on the box. He's a good dog. You've had some wonderful dogs, and uh, thanks for that little trip down memory lane now. And you've always got a handy one in the kennel, and hopefully Firehose can be that next one. Yes, yes, he's certainly gone up a notch. Um, we didn't think we'd be heading for a million-dollar series um, until he just raised. He, he's just gone up a notch now, and he's a very exciting dog. And um, we've got a dog in tonight at Warrigal called Nature Strip, owned by Terry Hines in Queensland. And yeah, he, he's got the same. Uh, he's got more ability, probably a little bit more ability, uh, but he, he he needs to lead. He's just playing up. Boxes and we've done a little bit of work with him this week, but yeah, he's missed uh, the start the, the last couple, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's not jumping well. He's just he's too keen. The dog's too, he's mad keen and loves to race, and he just yeah, he's causing us a bit of grief because uh, he is a dog that could if he leads. Um, yeah, there's not too many. I'm trying to think now. You know, dogs racing now, what would run him down? Mm, um, but when he yeah. doesn't lead, he certainly doesn't do his best work, like, like most dogs, you know. Yeah. Uh, he's a quick dog. Well, good, um, luck with him. good luck with him tonight. Yeah, uh, more importantly, good luck with Firehose going forward. Uh, we'll see you and see. We might catch up with you in a couple of weeks' time to see uh, how the campaign's going, if he has been around Wentworth Park, what he ran as a lead into that race. So good luck going forward, Dave. Yeah, thanks, Jared. Yeah, it'll be exciting to be part of it. We're going to be part of it. Certainly will be as we go to the break. That's Dave Gill. Geez, had some really good dogs down through the years. Just a reminder of what they were. Uphill Jill, Ferdinand Boy, Fernando, Mick, Coblenz, and now we might have another one, Firehose. But there's always something coming through there. And just listening to Dave, be interesting to see how those Coblenz pups go because they're bred in the purple. Um, 
that traces back to Brett Lee. Fernando Bale out of uphill Jill, so he certainly didn't have anything lacking on the breeding side and that early brilliance, if he can instill that into his pups, they're going to be well worth um, uh, chasing up as well. So it's time for a break. We're going to catch up with uh, with Rob Britton after the week. We did talk to Rob a few weeks ago, but he ventured out to Broken Hill last Sunday night. On Sky Sports Radio, let's get back to going greyhounds. Racing and a pretty level dispatch and winning the start down along the inside was uh, Red Reactor and also out well was Trappeteers. They bunched up into that first corner and Trappeteers gets the fly. Leads by five lengths now from Red Reactor in second. Zipping Ruckman running on for third. Followed then by Ailey Bale midfield with its smudgy. Victor Curl is next to last and Rico Livewire is last of all. Top corner Trappeteers has company from Red Reactor sneaking up the inside. Ailey Bale's a nice third. They turn it's Trappeteers. Trappeteers and Trappeteers. Trappeteers beats home in second posse. Up on the outside was Ailey Bale, third Red Reactor, fourth was It Smudgy, and then came Zipping Ruckman for fifth, ahead then of Victor That Curl was Trappeteers winning uh, the second of the million-dollar chase seats at Broken Hill on Sunday night. Um, there was a few things that uh, sparked my interest when I had a look at those Broken, uh, Broken Hill fields earlier in the week. Firstly, the fact that Trapper and Trappeteers were in there as well as Land and Bale. And Ailey Bale, the track record holder, Red Reactor from Bendigo as well. So they were really good heats. And the second thing is when I started to watch the coverage on Sunday night, lo and behold, Rob Britton was handling the dogs. Rob very rarely goes to the Greyhounds these days. And uh, we were hopefully going to catch up with him this morning. We're just having difficulty getting through to him. But, uh, yeah, Rob made the round trip. I- I've got an idea it's nine or ten hours from uh, Geelong or, or Lara to uh, to Broken Hill. So he got one of the wins there. The other heat went to – the first heat went to who knows Lynn. Now, it's a local. Uh, it's got a picket fence beside its name there. You can understand that given the performance we saw the other night. Uh, it won in 30.59. It ran down Landon Bale, box two. It's a free-for-all performer in Victoria. Uh, we had third Kruger last running on well, and Trooper Tears, the other Rob Britton runner, ran fourth. I, I thought he was a bit ordinary there. I don't know whether he, he didn't handle the first turn. He ran wide, and uh, he actually was in third spot down the back. I thought he'd be able to pick them up. Um, given his breeding and the way that he races, but actually Kruger Lass nabbed him for third. So hopefully there's nothing wrong with him there. That race, uh, we just listened to Dan Misson called the second of the heats. Dan Misson called that meeting, but there's some footage going around of a local caller who called uh, the races there. I think you can get it on YouTube. If you've got an opportunity, have a listen to it. <laughs> be fair to say he was pretty excited when the local Who Knows Lim won. So Who Knows Lim won the first seat, 30-59. Trappeteers, we just heard him when he had the black box. He did use a fair amount of the track. I think the race was pretty much all over uh, when he was second at the judge the first time, given his strength. But the time uh, was a little bit maybe misleading. Um, he was out in the middle of the track. That's why I thought it might have been a bit on the heavy side. He ran 30.68, which was, uh, what, a length and a half slower than the first heat. He defeated Ailey Bale for Mark Delbridge, uh, who ran on really well to be beaten a length and a half. Red Reactor third. And it's Smudgy makes its way into the final in fourth place. So we've got the draw and the market's already up with Tab for that Broken Hill Million Dollar Chase regional final on Sunday night. Take note, Trooper Tears has got the red at 350 Red Reactor Box 2 at $5. 
Kruger Lash in three at thirty four. It's Mudgy four at forty one dollars five is Ailey Bale four dollars eighty six. Trappeteers the three dollar favourite seven Landon Bale at five and eight who knows Lynn the local star at seventeen dollars. The box draw makes it really tricky because. Landon Bale hadn't been there. Uh, we know how uh, fast it can be in in its uh, races in Victoria. It's got box seven, so you'd think there's going to be a fair amount of trouble early there. Perhaps Ailey Bale might be the one at $4.80. So that's Broken Hill on Sunday night. Speaking of Sunday, the Heelsville Cup final is on up the straight at Heelsville. We've got the draw and the market out for that one. Gunai Rebel box one at 21. Cyber Truck at 21. The track champ, Unleashed Kalinda, $2.50. He's the fave. Nicholson Bale, box four at $12.05. Deadly Rookie at 12 6 That's Ivy at 21 7 uh, maybe yesterday at $3.30. And the fastest seat winner, I think he's drawn the wrong side of the track, Quinlan Bale, out in box eight at $4. The market to win the million-dollar chase, uh, Postman Pat, the favourite at $7. Postman Pat has actually got the red box late in the night at Sandown Thursday night, so you'd think he'd be pretty short there, all eyes on the clock. Victor Damien has had a change of kennel, moved from South Australia now with Cal and Jackie Greeno. He's at $9. Baby JC, 10. Zipping Remus, the shortest of the New South Wales performers at 11. Alpha Zulu for the Thompsons at 12. Amron Boy, 12. Then Crumble and Custard Benelli. The two Benellis at 15. JSJ, 15. Mortified, 15. Of course, Mortified goes round at Dapto in the Megastar on Thursday night. So that market's updated as we see these uh, heats and finals being run regionally and also as obviously some of the other greyhounds go around. bit going on uh, coming up in, uh, in Million Dollar Chase news. We've got... Two races today, uh, Bulleye races six and seven. We've got the final at Taree tomorrow. Good luck to to Cat and Joe McFadden. They've got two in that final at Taree tomorrow. Thursday, the heats at Casino. Friday, the final at Dubbo. I mentioned Sunday, Broken Hill, and also obviously the uh, uh, not the Hill. Standing Cup, the Heelsville Cup on Sunday night. So that's going Greyhounds for another week. Uh, we covered a bit of territory. We did have two uh, Victorian trainers on today, but quite clearly uh, there to the fore with a fire and also fire hose going forward with the Million Dollar Chase. Hopefully catch back next week. Have a good week wherever you're punting.